Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Talking about Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. A uh, little late on this week's show, uh, kicking it off, obviously, with the bye week. Um, still have a lot to talk about, but not a game in particular, uh, at least not a Colts game. So uh, we're going to go through a little bit of what we saw. Uh, one of the games uh, Sunday that I wanted to watch the most, obviously, and I was really glad that it was on locally, was the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs for obvious reasons. You wanted to see how the Texans would face the Chiefs in Arrowhead, similar dynamic and all that, just not a night game you know, between those two. But you wanted to see how those two guys would, uh, those two teams would face off uh, in lieu of the Colts you know, taking that, that win in Arrowhead a week ago. And uh, I think we got, you know, a pretty good answer of what, you know, not only what the Chiefs may or may not be at this point uh, and what the Colts actually did in their victory in Arrowhead, but we got to see what Houston can be and and looks like they very clearly uh, actually are at this point in the season. So there's a lot, you know, we've talked in the past weeks about how the Colts, you know, one week are the national favorites for the AFC South. The next week, the Texans are. And, and everybody's so definitive and so certain about uh, their their choices in that matter. But I'll tell you what, it, it's hard to argue right now with anybody saying that Houston is the favorite for the AFC South. Uh, obviously, the Indianapolis Colts took a big W away from uh, the Chiefs in Arrowhead. There's no doubt about that. On the other hand, you know, the Colts just at this point, I don't know if you can say that they're quite the team that, that the Texans are right now. So this is something that we're going to go through. We're going to go through a little bit of some of the drive stats and stuff from Football Outsiders so you guys can kind of get a, a little more well-rounded description of, of where they're at. Now, offensively, I think you've got two really good teams. I think you've got two teams that, that are in, in different styles of offense, obviously, but I think you've got two very similar uh, success rates in, in that way. Defensively, that's where things come into play. Obviously, our defenses don't play against each other, and and same with offenses. But the Colts have a, a defense that is very, you know, a, a, man, inconsistent at the very best. And you know, the, the offense is going to be going up against a, a Houston defense that is still kind of hitting on all cylinders. Uh, regardless of any offseason moves or anything that they've done up to this point. So uh, this is going to be a big, big game for the Colts, not only the Colts, but in the within the AFC South because we saw the Jaguars and the Titans 
you know, lose. The The Jags got beat by the Saints 13-6, uh, to 6, I believe. And uh, I didn't check in on the Titans score, honestly, until like, you know, or after about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. But I believe they got blanked 13 nothing. So this was, you know, something that it seems like it's kind of whittled itself down already into, you know, a two-team race for the AFC South. Obviously, Marcus Mariota didn't even make it to the end of the game. They put in Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, the Colt, or, uh, the Jaguars, you know, th they put a really good effort into a, uh, a game against a really good Saints team, regardless of them having Drew Brees or not at this point in the year. So uh, we're going to go through quite a few today. We're going to talk about some news first, and then we'll get into a little bit more of what we can expect to see this week uh, when the Colts play and host the Houston Texans uh, this Sunday. So, so let's get into the news. Uh, we've got uh, some interesting news. Uh, Bleacher Reports got it. USA Today's got it right now. But it says that uh, Colts' Darius Leonard says he contemplated retirement after the Week 2 concussion. Um, honestly, this isn't the first time that somebody's had lengthy concussion issues. Uh, in terms of a lot of fans, a lot of people just random you know, on the streets, honestly, wanting to know kind of what's up with a three-week wait for concussion. Why, why is it taking him so long to come back? Well, none of these are really the same. I mean, anybody's concussion can be completely different than another's. And it's hard to say exactly what certain people go through with their own symptoms. But if he's even thought about retirement after that, then you know it was bad. And that's a scary thing. That is a scary thing. There's a lot of a lot of concussions we've seen, and his wasn't due to like some monstrous hit, or you know some some big show on uh, ESPN that everybody saw and went oh to or anything like that. His was just part of the game. And Darius Leonard's contemplating retirement after that concussion, finally getting back on the field. He and Clayton Gathers. That's some also some news that broke today a little bit. A uh, little weary of, of these guys with these concussions. It's scary. And it, it honestly, anytime you go through this protocol, you are kind of bent on what, what, what is ahead of you. You, you, you go through the, each step. And when you fail a step, ultimately, you know, it kicks you right back. And they, they want to start the process over again. And it's a lengthy process. Getting you on the field, doing warm-ups more or less, and that's about it. Then getting you on the field and getting you into, you know, uh, a uh, having a physical practice with contact. And then, you know, further on getting you cleared to play or cleared to practice, then cleared to play. You know, there's so many different steps in this thing. It's lengthy and, and it's warranted at this point. And obviously you can tell that if anybody has, has had these kind of thoughts and, and this kind of an issue with, uh, with concussions themselves, then, you know, it's, you know, something serious. So glad to see him back hate hearing anything about retirement um, just because, you know, for the pure love of the Colts, you know, I mean, how that is, you guys, you want guys to be healthy. You want them to feel, um, you know, safe, so on and so forth. But man, for a guy in his second year, not even really hitting that big time contract to already be thinking about retirement, that's a big step. That's a big issue. I mean, um, you just, you just hope that he's good to go and that this isn't anything that's a recurring thing. And I mean, honestly, for his health, obviously you want Darius Leonard on the field, but for his health and for just the, I can't imagine 
going out on a field and feeling like I'm scared to death to get hit because I don't want another concussion. I, I can't imagine feeling that way. I never felt like that when I played football years ago, but I can't imagine doing it in the pros where you know that anytime you make real contact with anybody, you could be out cold. So good news uh, regarding Darius Leonard that he and Clayton Gathers were on the field today. Uh, bad news that that even crossed his mind, quite honestly. Uh, also in the news today, the Colts, in lieu of Kamoko Ture moving to IR, the Colts uh, signed uh, defensive tackle Carl Davis. That's also, you know, something that kind of <clears throat> leaves us interested in in what's happening with that Colts defensive line. They haven't been getting the interior pressure that they've wanted, that we've wanted as fans. They have been getting a little bit of an edge presence. However, that edge presence is now on IR. Uh, at least their speed rushing presence is on IR. So that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Are they trying to beef up, you know, the interior here, get get a little bit more beef in there and a little more activity for the run, um, as well as maybe an interior pass rush? And then what are they going to do with the edge? You know, uh, does that mean that Taekwon Lewis may see a little more time at defensive end? Does that see he say he may be moving in and out, inside and outside? What what exactly are they going to do? They have to come up with some kind of solution because, honestly, there hasn't been a whole lot of activity from the other guys off the edge at this point. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. Um, a little, I wouldn't necessarily call it news, but it is news uh, to, to a degree. Um, after, you know, Teray had been placed on reserve, the Colts also worked out pass rushers Shane Ray, Andre Branch, and another defensive tackle, Eddie Vanderdose. So this kind of brings in uh, even more. What are they, are they really trying to get an edge? Are they trying to find a speed rusher? Are they trying to, you know, the, I think this is just who we see in terms of Chris Ballard just trying to make the team better. He knows that that defensive line right now is struggling. He knows that the second level is struggling or has struggled without Darius Leonard. Obviously the third level, uh, the safeties have struggled with without Malik Hooker. And uh, I don't know that, necessarily Clayton Gethers uh, loss is is hurting the team any but you you definitely see that at each level of the defense there are issues that need to be addressed so that's what we've gained or we've come to to expect from Chris Ballard and he's doing a little bit of everything to get this defensive line this defensive uh, unit in general back in back in the mix, back where they need to be, and, and back ready to go. So um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back here in just a couple seconds and get you guys caught up and, and figure out what we're going to see this weekend when the Colts host the Houston Texans in their first AFC battle between the two of them. Okay, guys, I want to talk to you about TickPick. TickPick is a great way to get tickets to see the Colts or any other sports, music, or entertainment event of your choice. Not only will you save 10 to 15% off every ticket order, you can do it without any annoying fees at checkout. Think StubHub, but without the fees. Just head to TickPick.com, select your seats, and head to checkout. Get on your way to the next Colts game with TickPick. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. 
when you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Uh, we're going to get into some some basic stats, and, and we're going to go through what the uh, Houston Texans did uh, against the Chiefs this past Sunday uh, first, but we're going to get into a little bit of everything, kind of just a, a broad view of what the Colts are heading into this weekend. And, you know, Deshaun Watson had a fantastic day, 30-42. I mean, you look at the interceptions and you see that, okay, that I mean – Really, if you, you if you watch the game, you saw how how much he commanded that team. He's a man. He's tough. He he's just tough, and I'm not too worried or, or like giddy about the fact that he had a couple interceptions. Those are going to come, <clears throat> especially when you're as aggressive as they are. And they were look. I mean, they had a couple gifts in this game too, but man, a lot of their they had a like four or five drives with more than ten plays in this game. And granted, the Chiefs' defense sucks. There's no two ways about that. The Colts should feel happy that they actually beat that defense simply because they that's a defense that you should kind of own. But the Texans just obliterated them throughout most of the game. Yes, they didn't score 51 points or anything like that on the defense, but they were just marching down the field, long drives, and that is something that the Colts have been doing this year. And it's something that they're going to be up against a much stronger defense this weekend. Hyde had over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Deshaun Watson had two rushing touchdowns of his own. And they didn't have anybody that hit the 100-yard mark in receptions. But obviously, excuse me, Hopkins, nine catches. He's always a threat to do everything. Fuller only had 44 yards on five catches as well. But they had a couple big plays from their tight end, Akins, and Kiki Kuti had a 23-yard reception as well. So a lot of what they're doing is spreading the ball around, and, and that's exactly what Deshaun Watson is is known for. One of the things that kind of surprised me with this is that they only had one sack against the Chiefs and only two quarterback hits in the entire game. Uh, defensively, I would have expected much more out of them. J.J. Watt only had two total tackles and a QB hit. 
this isn't something that I would expected from this game, but it, it is what it is. It just <clears throat> I expected them to have uh, a little bit more, a um, little more effect on the quarterback than that, especially since everybody wants to talk about how Holmes is injured. Yeah, I mean he is, but they keep saying that. And I guess anything other than a four touchdown game from Patrick Mahomes says that he's, you know, not healthy. Uh, it's an ankle injury. I get it. I'm not trying to say that he's weak or anything like that. I'm just saying let, let's kind of calm down. He actually has to be a court or a pocket quarterback now that he can't, you know, move outside of the pocket as well. And I don't really think that that in itself has anything to do with his ankle. I'm sure that it might on his plant foot. You know, uh, an explosion trying to drive the ball downfield. I, I would assume that has a little bit to do with it. But just in general, you know, it's taking him out of his uh, typical game plan. But that's, uh, you know, that's another story for another day. The Colts are past the Chiefs. So um, looking at their third down efficiency against the Chiefs, they were 5 of 12, had 472 total yards against them, uh, 10 total drives, less than 6 yards per play, 5.7. Um, 192 rushing on the day. That's something the Colts are going to have to deal with. I mean, and the Colts just have to be a better run defense against these guys because Carlos Hyde is, is a guy who can put up some real numbers. And if the Colts let him overtake the game, that alongside Deshaun Watson is going to be ugly, you know, with the receivers they've got, the speed that they've got, the, the guy that they have the most trustworthy hands in the NFL is just not going to you know, be pretty and, and kind of like the Colts, uh, Houston dominated time possession, uh, nearly 40 minutes to just over 20 minutes. And, you know, that's, <laughs> that's something the Colts are going to have to make sure that doesn't happen to them. Like I said, with Hopkins being that reliable guy for Houston, that the, the, you know, the, the Colts are going to have to do something about that. And, uh, just in general, this is, you know, it's a tough offense. It's a tough defense, and you know they ended up holding uh, Kansas City to 53 yards rushing. They had, you know, they they weren't great in pass defense. I don't think I wouldn't say that they were great in in coverage, but they did what they had to do. So I mean, they did have five passes defensed against uh, against Mahomes. So man, they're capable guys. It's a different offense that they're going up against now. They were constantly having to prepare for the deep ball uh, against Kansas City they're not really gonna have to prepare much for the deep ball against uh, the Colts the Colts yes have the ability to go down the field no the Colts haven't done it very much at all in fact uh, they're around I think Jacoby resets around 26 27th in terms of like net yards per attempt that's not good and it's not against him it's the design of the offense but that's what I'm getting at this is not a Kansas City offense that Houston is having to prepare for. This is a Colts offense that doesn't go down the field very often. And when they do, they've, you know, haven't had too many chunk plays that have actually come through. A lot of incompletions, some of them pass interference calls, um, just not a lot of actually actual catches. You know, the Colts do have a, a little more yak uh, yards after uh, yards after catch than I expected. They're somewhere around the top 12, I think, in the league in that, which is, is surprising to me. But that And so that's a good sign. But the Colts have to be able to hit that deep ball, and they've got to be hoping that their running game can, you know, 
can match uh, what it's done the past few weeks and, and, and how effective Matt can be. How, how can this offensive line or can this offensive line kind of impose their will again against a, a tough Houston uh, front? I, I don't know that they can. This is going to be a real – I mean, this is a real matchup for the Colts. And, yes, it's at home. I don't put a whole lot of stock in that because the Texans have – even though they haven't beaten the Colts very often at home, the, they just don't look good very often. I mean, they, they the, the Texans have played them pretty tough. So, um, looking offensively, just in the base stats for, for the year, the Texans are averaging 27 points a game. The Colts are only averaging 22.6. That could come into play considering the defenses because both defenses are averaging, you know, very similar numbers there. We'll get to that in just a second in terms of points allowed. But both offenses uh, are, are pretty good on third down, something that is going to come in, absolutely is going to come into play in this game. Uh, the Texans, however, are the top team in the league at 51% on their third down completion rate or third down percentage rate. Uh, the Colts are ninth with uh, 46%. Now that's. I mean, yes, that's a small difference, it seems, but it's a large difference when it all comes down to, uh, you know, com comes down to like one game. That, that really is a big difference. And, and they're very, very good uh, on third down. Houston is most definitely. Uh, the Texans, like I said, and the Colts right next to each other, 22.3 points allowed for Houston, 23 points allowed a game for the Colts you hope that they own uh, the Colts have a real shot to win if they keep the Texans under 23 points. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. Um, I don't know how, you know, everybody kind of looks at that, but if the Colts can keep them at that point, the Colts have a real shot to win if they're having any kind of an offensive day uh, for sure. Now looking defensively uh, on third down, the Colts and the Texans are very similar and they're both very bad. Colts are allowing and the Colts and the Texans both at 25th tied with allowing 46% on third down. That's awful. That's awful. I mean, even the top 10 in the league are under 35% and you go even just a little bit higher than that in top five, they're at 31. So this is something that the Colts have to be better at. They have to be better on third down. Um, will that change a little bit? And you know what? I think the Colts are even up after last week. Uh, with some of the man-to-man uh, -man coverages that they ran. So I'm kind of curious to see if that is something that the, the Colts really are going to kind of institute a little bit more against some of these teams, especially with a team like Deshaun Watson. Um, I, don't, I don't know because I feel like the more you do that, I feel like Watson has more of an opportunity to pull the ball down and run, and he's dangerous that way. So I don't know how the Colts are really going to kind of try to find the, the sweet balance between um, you know, pressuring at the line of scrimmage defensively to keep some of these guys on their heels. Do you let, uh, you know, Hopkins kind of, okay, we're going to let him go off. We're not going to let Fuller touch the ball. I mean, how do, how do you balance that? Because you're not going to stop Hopkins. You're not going to keep that combination from matching up, kind of like uh, T.Y. Hilton in a way. You know that Hilton and, and, and Brissett are going to connect. You know that some of this is going to happen. But how – do you kind of keep that under wraps with some other big play weapons that they've got? Kuti as well. Tough dude, got speed, good hands. He murdered the Colts last year in their first game. 
And that's something that the Colts are going to have to, you know, really keep an eye on. Offensively, we talked about them when we look at football outsiders and their drive statistics. Uh, the Colts, fifth in the league in yards per drive. Uh, Houston is seventh. Looking at um, points per drive, Houston is sixth. The Colts are eighth. Uh, looking at, uh, let's see, average line or plays per drive, the Colts are first with 7.21 yards per drive. Houston is 13th at 6.1. Time of possession, the Colts are third in the league, and Houston is 11th. And then looking at uh, uh, drive success rate, the Colts right now are fourth in the league, where Houston is sixth. So very close in terms of how offensively these two teams are uh, in terms of their success uh, amongst the league. Now, it gets ugly when you look at the defense, okay? So looking at how the Colts, how Houston are, are different, the Colts are 26th in yards per drive uh, defensively. Houston, on the other hand, is 20th, okay? Not a, a major uh, improvement, okay? But there are better Houston has a significantly better situation right now than the Colts. Okay. The Colts overall, honestly, in drive success rate, we'll just put it, we'll just leave it at this. The Colts drive success rate defensively is 29th in the league. Houston's is 22nd. That is a big difference, even though they're both in the twenties. Okay. At this point, because you see that in, in turnovers, they're 11th. Uh, Houston is not that big a deal plays per drive. You know, this is something that the Houston is really bad about defensively. They've been giving up long drives, and a lot of them, as have the Colts. 26th for the Colts, 28th for the Texans. So this is a defense that has so much potential for Houston, okay? You know that Watt, Merciless, their secondary, that kind of stuff. But they've got weaknesses, and Frank Reich is going to be – dead set on finding and exploiting those weaknesses. The Colts have a real chance here to do something offensively. Does that mean they have to be more aggressive? I don't know that it does. I mean, they they did it against a team that was aggressive last week where their secondary could kind of sit back and allow things to happen, let their linebackers roam. Uh, they had the Nick, you know, their dime safety come in and help out on Kelsey a little bit. I'm I'm curious to see kind of how the Colts approach Houston's uh, offensive attack. But the Colts have to be good defensively, and the Colts offensively have to be aggressive in how they attack. And I don't mean I don't mean deep balls or anything like that. But they've got to go at these guys. Uh, anytime you see the Colts come up, or any team for that matter, anytime you see a team come up and, and just kind of allow the team to the, op, the opposing team to uh, kind of dictate how they're going to play their game things get ugly and this Colts team has a really good run game the Colts have I think a, a couple of reliable receivers they've got a lot to desire left to be desired from a lot of the other guys but their offensive line is protecting Jacoby Brissett sign much much better than a lot of other teams quarterbacks are being protected like I said, their running game's been pretty stinking good lately. And Brissett isn't making a bunch of bad 
you know, or, or questionable decisions. His decision-making has been pretty good. Ten touchdowns, three picks uh, through the first five games. That's, I mean, it's not, it's not like, uh, you know, baller status. I mean, he's not like throwing 20 touchdowns already. Uh, like I think Mahomes had at this point last year, but he's doing enough. And the Colts receiving game is doing enough. They're going to have to continue that. They're going to have to be aggressive in who they go after in the game plan and, and kind of the way that they uh, try to, man, do that, you know, do they go uh, a couple of these screen passes if they have any uh, success with those? Do they go at Watt with that and try to get him, you know, wound up. Watts notorious for getting his hands on screen passes with the Colts, though. A couple interceptions, so on and so forth. Colts have to protect Joe Kobe. They've got to be aggressive with their play calling in terms of attacking weaknesses and also the strengths, uh, for that matter, of the Houston Texans defense. But this defense is vulnerable at times. The Colts can run their offense, their style, run the ball in the dirt. Keep Houston on their heels. Find a way to strike. You know, the, the, all these things are, are there for this to be a phenomenal game, in my opinion. I think this could be one of the games of the year for, you know, the Colts and the Texans because the winner of this game is absolutely going to take over first place in the AFC uh, South. Colts at 3-2, and two, Texans at 4-2. and two. This is going to be... A fun game to watch. I'm, I'm excited for this game. I think this is, you know, I did pick when uh, Jim and I did our second quarter of the season uh, predictions. I did predict that the Colts would come out of this game with a loss because of coming out of the bye week. But this is, you know, going to be a hard one really to to guess right now. I would suppose that, that Houston is starting off as early favorites, even though it's in Indianapolis. But this is this is going to be a fun game to watch, you know. And uh, and another thing with the Colts now, I've, I've mentioned in the past how the Colts have been pretty bad uh, coming out of their bye week, uh, sloppy anyways. You know, they're they're four and two in the past six years uh, off their bye since 2013. But this look, they're not blowing anybody out. They they got blown out by the Patriots one year, 42 to 20. They're you know they've had another loss. Uh, I think they lost by six. But the, the, look, their their win the wins their four wins were an average of two point four points. So they're close games, and they've looked like crap in large portions of those games. So this isn't it's, it's not the saying the the end result the record has been bad. I mean, look, only one year of that has been Frank Reich. So we're talking about the Pagano era off the bye. You know, I mean, we're talking about their what. Three and two, well, off the bye under Pagano, and one and zero under Reich. But the, here's the problem: the problem is when you come out and you look like absolute garbage for the first, you know, twenty minutes of game clock. That just, you know, you luck out. And, and honestly, a few of these times has been against the Texans. A couple of them have been against the Titans. So uh, the one was a Falcons win a couple, few years ago. So think about those games. They weren't against good teams, that and and the Colts have looked bad. So this is against a good team. This is to me, this is a scary game, which is why I have the Colts losing this game at this point, at least. Um, 
I, I want the Colts to be able to win this game. I want them to come out fired up. I want them to come out, you know, with everything screwed on straight. But I just don't know that that's what's going to happen. I hate the bye week for the Colts. I wish it was a little later in the year, but you like that some guys are injured, uh, are being able to come back because of the bye week being this early in the season for the Colts. However, I'm still a little worried. And looking just in general at, you know, the team. Okay, so now the Colts have what? More than likely, they're going to have Tyquan Lewis back, uh, in my opinion. I don't know that to be true, just guessing. Uh, but they're probably going to have Darius Leonard back, probably going to have Clayton Gathers back, if, for whatever that means. But those guys, okay. Walker's been playing out of position. Okariki's been playing the mic. When Darius Leonard comes back, is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be up to game speed? Is that something that they're going to have to, are they going to have to wean him in? You know, are they going to not be able to give him a ton of snaps up front? And are they going to have to have Okariki in there? Honestly, I hope so. Because if Darius Leonard gets all those snaps, I don't feel like he's going to play too well. Uh, coming three weeks off, coming into this game against a team that is absolutely going to target him, uh, which would normally be a good thing, in my opinion, is not going to be such a good thing this year or this this week. So there's a lot of things that we have to take into consideration with, with what the Colts are, are up against this week. So it's going to be a rough game. I, I think it's going to be a fun game, and I would love to see the Colts come out and dominate or, or play their style of football and be able to run the ball down their throats and have Jacoby Brissett be effective with 200 to 250 passing yards, a couple touchdowns, that's a pretty damn good game for this Colts offense. Uh, if you consider that the Colts, you know, top 100 yards, 125 yards total rushing on the day, that's that's a pretty good game, I think. So we'll, we'll, we'll look at that, but we'll get a little further into it uh, – uh, later on in the week, we'll have obviously some news. I expect there, to, I mean, maybe there won't be, but I expect there to be maybe another roster move coming up. I just feel like the Colts haven't done enough right now to address their pass rush. And I think they're going to need to, quite honestly. Or we'll hear something here in the next day or two from Frank Reich about how they plan to maneuver guys around, maybe, to actually address that as opposed to going off somebody off the streets. Maybe they bring in somebody from the practice squad and do something in that regard. So it'll be interesting to see what the Colts plan is heading into this week six matchup against the Texans. So uh, that's all we've got for tonight. Make sure you guys are getting a stampede blue for all your Indianapolis Colts news and analysis. Make sure you guys are giving us a rating and review on Apple uh, podcast. We appreciate those. Some of those are pretty humorous. If you guys get a chance to check them out, uh, they're kind of funny. Um, some of them are very flattering for all the shows that we've got going on. We've got a lot of content coming up audio wise guys. So a lot of good things, uh, in, in the, in the works for the, the podcast channel, uh, a lot of good things going on on the website as well. So make sure you guys are getting uh, a hold of all of our content at stampede blue. And we thank you guys for everything that you guys are doing for us, sharing, reading, and listening to all of our content that we put up for you guys every day. So. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue.